0: All right, guys, it's about that time. Chris Brooks here with you on another edition of the Rebels 247 podcast. Part of the 247 Sports Network. Good morning to you here on a Tuesday morning, July the 12th. As the summer just keeps moving right along. I'm watching, watching British Open. It's not the British Open anymore. It's the Open. I'm watching coverage of the open as I get the show started. We could do a 15-minute a podcast on the live golf tour. Probably not a good idea. We'll stay away from that. But this isn't the greatest start for me because I'm sitting here. I'm looking for stuff. And I, Like, how can I do a podcast when I can't find my phone? I have to find the phone. It's laying around here somewhere. Not the best opening in the world, but it'd be fine. Hope you are having a good morning wherever you guys are having a good week. There it is. And um, a couple of things I want to get to today. For one, I do have some recruiting info for you guys. We're able to, I was able to talk to a few people yesterday, especially on what's going on in Mississippi and some updates on a couple of kids there. I'm looking at an article here from 247 Sports One of our analysts, Brad Crawford, on ranking the SEC quarterbacks. I have not looked at this list yet, but I'm going to do that in real time and go down through his ranking of who he thinks will be the 14 starters. And it's it's always hard to rank quarterbacks preseason because with so many new guys coming in, where do you put them? And uh, how do you rank those guys and not be completely disrespectful Like the best way to do it is just to do it, you know, just to do it. This is where I think the one through 14 will end up at the end of the year. And yeah, that might mean taking a completely unproven quarterback and moving him ahead of guys who have thrown for a lot of yards. That's just, that's the way I do it. That's the way I would do it. So we'll see how he did it and what kind of respect he gives to um, the Ole Miss quarterbacks and who he, who he picks to be the starter. I'm going to guess he's got Jackson Dart in here. I do not know that. But we'll, um, I'm going to break that down here in just a minute too. And of course, like, how could you get through your day without knowing this? I mean, the national calendar, it's uh it's jello day. I, you couldn't have gotten through today without knowing that it's actually several things today. And there's always weird stuff on this. It's cow appreciation day. I mean, go out and get yourself a nice steak. Go to Tico's here in Jackson. I'm a big fan of Ely's if you're in the central Mississippi area. That is my that's my favorite steakhouse, Ely's. Love it. Love it. And, yeah, for a while there, I thought it was Eli's. So that added a little something to it. It's a National Different Colored Eyes Day. If you're a, a Max Scherzer fan, which I am, Mets fan here, beat the Braves yesterday, needed that one. National Pecan Pine Day, again, love it. Paper Bag Day and Simplicity Day. I could click on that and see what it is, but I feel like I can use a good simplicity day. I could use that today. All right, now what what do we want to knock out here? First, let's start with um, some recruiting stuff. You know, I mentioned to you guys a couple of, gosh, I guess we're going back several months now, many months, that, uh, that Ole Miss had targeted six guys in Mississippi especially, and those six guys were like 100%. These are guys we wanted. And uh, this top of my head, I should pull up the list so I don't look stupid here. I mean, we're talking, of course, Sunterine Perkins, who the, the latest I still hear there is fine. Um, Alabama is going to give Ole Miss a run for their money. But I had a, a detailed conversation yesterday with someone about you know NIL and how that's going to stack up in terms of where Ole Miss is in the pecking order you know the people that are doing this Grove Collective, which is it's in my back backyard here, so to speak, here in the Metro Jackson area, um, with William Liston and um, and and like several other guys. I don't want to start naming people because I'm going to leave somebody out, but I do think they're doing a good job with that, and I think they're going to be very competitive. And I like some of the stuff I was hearing yesterday in terms of you know the plan with um just how they're going about business there. And uh, most importantly, I think they're being smart by it because you have to check all the NCAA boxes. I think that's important. You know, there's some rules that could, could still be considered gray area. You know, right now, I think we did pass legislation in Mississippi where if a player publicly commits, is verbally committed to a school, that technically these collectives could enter into an NIL agreement with that player. That doesn't necessarily mean you won't have some NCAA issues that go along with that. That's just example A of you still have to be careful with this stuff right now. And look, yes, it's insulting to a lot of people's intelligence because you know exactly what's happening with collectives all over the country and more so even in other places than here. I mean, these are just budgets for recruiting. And that, that, is, that is how it plays out, you know, in, in real life. Um, how do you get to that point, though, has to be done properly. And like I said, you have to check the right boxes and how it's done. You know, players talk. They can know exactly what they're looking at with school A, school B, school C, in terms of what the those collectives are going to be able to offer them and what their NIL value is. And there's ways to do it. I do think there will be some schools who do not do it right. And it's still feasible that they get nailed for it. So we'll see. And I'm I'm less up. Op- I shouldn't say optimistic. My confidence in that is much lower now than it used to be because the NCAA feels like such a a hollow shell of what it was. But I wouldn't be shocked at it either. If some of those schools it comes back and and bites them in the rear, I think Ole Miss people have done a good job with this. But with Sunterine, there's going to be a tough competition there. I I think Ole Miss is still in really good shape with him. With Aiden Williams, I think they're in good shape with him. But uh, the two what schools were really in it with Aiden. I know Georgia at one point, LSU maybe, and South Carolina might have been the other two that uh, that I'd really be watching for. But I think Ole Miss is going to be very competitive for Aiden. And it'll be hard for somebody to come pull him out of Mississippi. Um, Jamarius Brown at Moss Point. I think they'll go hard after uh, Jamarius. I don't know as much about where he is thinking about going, but I'll, I'll make some phone calls there to see who I can talk to down at Moss Point and, and get an idea there. Um, now, there's other guys. I'm looking at my list here now. I'm going to cheat a little bit. There are guys that were in that six offers early that I think they're taking a second look at, meaning we would like to look at these guys more. You know I mentioned on, in the notes I think last week, you know they haven't recruited Isaac Smith as hard out of Itawamba AHS lately. And I do not think that is a case of just being lazy in how they're recruiting. On some of these things you you can kind of take a common sense approach to it. If they're not just beating someone's door down, that's very telling. Um but I know he is somebody they still have an eye on definitely. And uh, we'll see what happens with him during the season. Look, there'll be guys that move up and down recruiting boards during the season. happens all the time. Both ways, guys you think are really good that don't play out like that and then guys that go the other way, that you don't have high on the board and then you realize, well, that was a dumb evaluation. How did we not have him higher? We we have to get that kid. So that's going to happen. Tennessee pulled John Slaughter out of here, a highly ranked guy. You know, I can tell you this, there are schools right now that are more interested in just getting the, the the stars and highly ranked players. And I think Ole Miss at times over the last decade, two decades, has been one of those schools. You know, they'll go after stars and the PR of it. I don't think they're in that place right now, which is, look, you can look at their recruiting ranking. I don't think Lane Kiffin cares at all. I, Lane Kiffin does not care at all about the recruiting ranking does not care any, there's a, I guess it's a podcast. I could say what I want on that, but I'm not, I'm not going to drop a bunch of four letter stuff on you. He doesn't care. I mean, they're, they're going to attack recruiting, not from a PR place, but they're going to try to sign the players. They think they can. I think they'll end up with half a dozen high school kids who are really good. I think you can see five, six, seven of those guys being of the variety where you really have to fight for them. And you feel good that you're able to reel them in. I still think they'll land those. And then you fill out the other half of the class with transfers. I would expect that's the way this goes. Um, but the the guys in Mississippi, I think that that's down to three, four kids that they're just hard after. There's others that they're looking at, like Dante Dowdell. You, just, you see how the season plays out, where Oregon is in this whole college football landscape. Does anything else change there? Does he change any? You know, in his mindset and what he's thinking. Do they come back and try to push hard for him? I mean, we'll see how all that plays out. But I did want to give you an update on just kind of what I was hearing on some general recruiting stuff. Now, back to this SEC QB ranking. I honestly do not know who the quarterback is going to be here. You know, we do this in terms of recruiting. Recruiting coverage is going to be different going forward. But you guys know how recruiting is in terms of when you bring a – I've said in terms like a thousand times today. When you bring in a highly ranked recruit and there's so much coverage or story after story after story, and we build these guys up and you expect them to be superstars. They get this recruiting bump with fans and maybe some of that is too much. You know, we built Jackson Dart up to being the second coming of Tom Brady. And sometimes you need to take a step back from that. Jackson Dart is a really good prospect. He is far from a finished prospect. And I think we saw that in the spring. Not all of that was just quote unquote head is swimming, which there, there is some of that with him as to be expected. You're learning a new offense. Sure. There's some of that. And he's competing against a guy in Luke Altmaier who had already been in the system at the same time. There are other things Jackson dart is working through that aren't just head is swimming stuff has to work on his accuracy. Uh, ball placement, those kinds of things. That's just stuff that you're hearing. And Lane Kiffin has a track record of working with guys like that and making them significantly better. Matt Corral, remember how inaccurate he was prior to Lane Kiffin and what that turned into. But now that the recruiting dust has settled a little bit, there is a real quarterback battle here. And I'm not sure I wouldn't lay a few extra dollars on Altmire at this point over Dart, but it is very close. We'll not be surprised in the least, whichever direction they go. Now let's see who Brad Crawford has here for the starter. In his power rankings, he has Ken Seals at Vandy 14, Brady Cook at Missouri's 13, um, Zach Calzada at Auburn. I forgot all about him. Transfer coming in from A&M. He's at 12, and he has Miles Brennan down at 11. Okay, I'm fine. Okay, now this is where Ole Miss checks in. He has Jackson Dart at number 10. Remember, Dart was on a lot of these Heisman boards, and I've seen some of that stuff start to drop a little bit now that word's kind of gotten out that there is a quarterback battle here. I don't care who the Ole Miss quarterback is. Let me tell you guys with some level of certainty, whether it's Jackson Dart who wins it, whether it's Luke Altmyer that wins it. The Ole Miss quarterback will have a higher power ranking than 10 when we get to the end of the season. Lane Kiffin has earned that. And both the quarterbacks that he's working with, I think have earned that in terms of their own personal talent. Both of those kids are very good quarterbacks. And they're working with someone with a history of developing quarterbacks in a system that produces big numbers. They're surrounded by talent, offensive line especially, running back especially. I think wide receiver, though not A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, I think the wide receivers will be better overall than people are expecting. The old Miss quarterbacks will be significantly higher than 10. Um, I would feel comfortable saying if they just do, I, th- I think the, the best way to say it, the over-under, I would have somewhere around 5 or 6 in terms of where they are at the end of the year. But he has Jackson Dart here at 10. Max Johnson at AM is 9. Stetson Bennett is Georgia is 8. Anthony Richardson at Florida is 7. And Will Rogers at Mississippi State is 6. Look, I've, I've known Will a long time and his dad. He threw for 4,700 yards, 36 touchdowns, 9 interceptions last year. Will's going to throw for a ton of yards. Just book it. It's going to happen no matter what kind of season they have. um, He's going to throw for a ton of yards, so he's a safe bet to have high on this list. Spencer Rattler, South Carolina at five. I wouldn't have him up that high. He was not good last year. Just his numbers, 1,100, 1,400 passing yards, 11 touchdowns, five picks. He wasn't good last year. Will Levis at Kentucky. Man, everybody loves him. His numbers last year, again, they were not good. 2,800 yards. I'm looking at now. 24 touchdowns, 13 picks. I'm just that's one of those I'd have more. I'd have significantly lower. I mean, we'll see. I know, but everybody loves him in the media. Seeing him all over these lists. Hendon Hooker at Tennessee three. He's talented like that. That guy has he has some ability. KJ Jefferson at two. Um, KJ is a terrific college quarterback. He will be high up this list at the end. Twenty-six hundred yards, twenty-one touchdowns, four picks. He ran for six hundred and six more touchdowns. He'll have a monster year. Like that guy is built for college football, dual threat quarterbacking. Like I think he'll have a great year. And happy for him being a Mississippi guy. And then of course Bryce Young, number one at Bama. The over/under on Luke Altmeyer, Jackson Dart on this list—they they're not going to be ten. They'll be somewhere. Maybe I'd put it at six, the over-under. And I would not be shocked to see them significantly higher. I'd be shocked to see them significantly lower. So maybe I should bump that to five. They'll be better than this, though. They'll be better than that. First, we have to find out who the guy is. I mean, it'll help if we knew who the quarterback was, but we'll see. Um, That'll be interesting. You guys should be tuned into that as we get ready for the college football season. I don't know who's going to win the job. Do not know. I think both of those guys have a ton of ability, though. Both of them. A lot of ability. Ole Miss will get good quarterback play this year. I feel confident saying that. I expect that. They'll get good quarterback play. All right, guys. Y'all have a great day. If you have any questions, just put it on the board under the podcast. Enjoy your week, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. This is Chris Brooks with the Rebels 247 Podcast on 247 Sports and Inside the Rebels. Have a good day.